If you've got your Bible with you, and I hope you do, if you would turn to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 9 to 15, and we're going to look at other passages also. Uh, This will be a somewhat abbreviated uh, sermon because of all the other activities. But the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, and he was giving instructions to Timothy as a pastor to instruct the congregation. And he said in the very beginning in verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. In other words, Paul said, Timothy, don't be a pastor who simply prepares your people to win at Bible trivia. He said there should be a change in their lives. Something should make a difference in the areas of love and purity and a good conscience, and especially in the area of faith. They should be living for the Lord. As we begin the first part of this, and I call it respectful motherhood, uh, we need to have a respect toward mothers, and that includes all females and uh, all women, but today, mothers in particular. You know the commandment that says, honor your father and mother And that is a commandment with a promise. That promise comes with that we have a long and good life. It's quality and quantity of life. It also says in the Ten Commandments where this is quoted from, it says, children, obey your parents. And then it adds that we're to honor them. The point is this, obedience does come to an end. I don't, my father is 86 years old. My mother just passed away about a year and a half ago. Uh, It's been a long time since I've been obedient to them. But the honor part never ends. That's respect. That's placing value in. That's giving them their due place. And uh, that is the part that I'm going to emphasize right now because I'm not talking to children. If I was talking to a, a classroom of children, I would probably emphasize something different. But it also says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, that husbands are to grant their wives, and supposedly they would be the mothers of their children, uh, to grant them honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Same word, honor. Simply means to give value, to treat them as precious. And so when we talk about Mother's Day, we talk to all of us who are children and we have mothers, uh, that we should honor and respect them. But also it has to do with the husband, the fathers, the grandfathers, the, the boys, all of them. It's all that we, that it all is saying we should respect and honor motherhood. And so while there's no command in the Bible to have a Mother's Day celebration, The principle is by all means there. In fact, is, and I do not follow uh, basketball, but um, I understand that the coach from UCLA uh, from years past was John Wooden. And he was a very, from what I can tell, he was a believer. And he had a standard that was above and beyond the norm. And he was very good at what he did, but he had a very high moral and spiritual standard. And he wrote in his book, his memoirs, that one day a recruit, a very promising recruit, came into his office uh, to be a basketball player on his team, and his mother came with. And as he was explaining some things, the mom said, I have a question. And the son said, and I'm quoting because I, this is horrible, 
How can, to his mother, how can you be so ignorant? Keep your mouth shut and listen to what the coach says. Now, I'll tell you what, I, I, I cringe even reading that because I don't like that. Nonetheless, he said to the mom, you have a good question, I'll answer your question. But I can also tell you what else happened. That young man lost an opportunity to play at a, at a, on a great basketball team with a great coach because he did not get an invitation. Not because his skill was lacking, because he said, if he treats his mother that way, What's he going to do if I have to reprimand him? What's he going to do if I have to tell him he's doing something wrong? How's he going to treat me? The truth of the matter is, this whole idea of honor and respect is huge. And we need to understand that the whole concept of motherhood is under attack. And it really is. It's seen as something that is not all that valuable. And the world absolutely does that. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the government thinks they own our children, not moms and dads. It's under attack. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, well, you're just wasting your life. By the way, that's not only in the world. That's some people that are Christians. And then on the other hand, as you'll see in this sermon, that just simply being a mother is not the only thing that God has for our mothers, our wives that because the concept doesn't end and it is a valuable, valuable part of a mother's life. But it says that's not okay. Just simply, I raised my kids and that's all I need to do. That's not what this passage actually teaches. So let's look at that. We're going to do it rather quickly. I have 15 minutes. And so we will hit a few highlights um, and uh, we can pick some of these things up at another time. But uh, the second point is that being respectable is expected of mothers. You see, when it gives the command to honor and obey mothers and fathers, it doesn't say if your mom is a great person or, or something like that, because there is positional respect or honor just because. Think of it this way. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or whatever you are. The truth of the matter is we have a president of the United States. And we've had them for a couple hundred years. That person has an office. We respect the position, whether we agree with them or not. On the other hand, we may have a really hard time respecting them because of their positions or their their character, their morals or whatever else. They're two different things. In this case, the Bible was saying mothers are to be respected simply because of their position. And you might go, you don't know what my mother was like. She was the wicked witch of the West. But you know what? She's still your mother, and you will never have another. That's just the way it is. On the other hand, if you're one that's been privileged to have a mother who was there, like, like the young people were saying on that, that, that just was doing everything and above and beyond, praise the Lord, because now you have two reasons to honor and respect your mother. But it also, that second part, which is conditional, means that mothers have to be respectable. And that's what the first part, of this, uh, first part of the sermon is going to talk about. It says, likewise, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, likewise, and he goes back to the men, I want you, you women to do uh, the following. I want you to adorn yourselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly. 
I don't know about you, but I've looked through the Bible and I could not find any place in the Bible where it told men that it's okay to adorn themselves. The closest thing I could find was one place where it said the bridegroom was decked out in garland. That's the closest I got. But let's face it, guys, and I asked this question. I'm not going to do it again because I, I don't have the time. But none of us, are all of us guys like to see our wives, our mothers, our girlfriends, whatever it has to be, the women in our lives. We like to see them adorned. Adorned simply means put together. Now, I got to tell you. My wife's not here right now, but I did this in the first service. I will go out of the house, and I did it yesterday and the day before, and she goes, you got to throw away those jeans. Now, people pay hundreds of extra dollars for jeans that are chopped up. Well, mine are that way naturally, and she goes, you can't wear them anymore. you got to throw them away. I could care less. I went to the store last night, and I was working on Brad's uh, van, and I was greasy all over, and I went to the store anyway. You would never find my wife doing that. She doesn't get out of the bathroom until everything is in place. You know what? I appreciate that about my wife. She's always put together. And that's what it's saying here. There's nothing wrong with being, and by the way, this is the word cosmos, which means put in order. That's all it means. You know what the word cosmos is. It also has to do with cosmetics and all those kinds of things. But it simply means to put in order, to be proper, to arrange in that way. But it says here, with proper clothing. And and it's the exact same word. It comes from the same root. It means put in order. There are things that are appropriate and things that are not appropriate. And why do we say all these things? Why does in the Bible, in case you didn't see this, when it talks about women, most of the places it talks about clothing is about women, not so much about men. Only place in the Bible where it talks about clothing in men is Adam, because there was a real problem there. And then when it has to do with the status of position or a rank or something like that, then it talks about men. For example, kings have their robe on or, or priests have their robe and those kinds of things. But when it comes to this whole thing of adornment, it is basically the territory of women. And he's saying, it's, it's not saying he's a bad thing. He's not saying that at all. He's just saying, When you adorn yourself, when you put yourself together, make sure, and there's a couple of words that are here, it's modest and it's discreet. It's kind of interesting. The word modest is interesting. It simply means this, to turn the eyes. Here's the way you need to. Moms, you're going to be respectable. Ladies, you're going to be respectable. If a guy is looking at you or another woman is looking at you, do they in shame have to turn their eyes because they go, this is not good? That's what that word actually means. That's the the root of the whole thing. I can remember, and I I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I remember, and I've done this already, and I went home and told my wife because I almost felt guilty. I go to a place where I'm doing business. Lady reception is sitting there, and you're standing, and I'm six foot one and a half, and you're looking down, and you go, I am seeing things right now that only her husband should see. I'll tell you what. I've also seen where, and my wife and I, we, we've been part of lots of weddings, and we've been to lots of weddings, where totally modest young lady would never think of showing off her assets that shouldn't be showed off, and at wedding will wear a dress that the whole world has now seen what only her husband should be seen. 
you know what? You got to understand. You look at this. It's, is it proper? It's like you go, I can't, I can't look that way. And you almost have to avert your eyes. It's just that's the kind of word it's saying. And then it says discreetly. Discreet has to do with being self-controlled. There's nothing wrong with being attractive. That is not it. I want, I like to see women attractive. By the way, that's not a chauvinist statement. That is, how many guys agree with me? And if you didn't put your hand up, you're probably lying. <sighs> Sorry, but the, you know what? We, don't, we used to say, look, uh, if, if somebody was wearing something that wasn't attractive, it looks like they took a, I, I grew up on a farm, they took a feed bag and put it on. Some of you might remember that from years ago. But you know what? We want to see that. This is not saying don't be attractive, but it's saying use common sense. Use self-control in this whole thing. It is the right, balanced, and good use of what God has given you. That's what he wants us to know. The bottom line is that we should dress, and this is to mothers, who should be honored, should be respectable in this case, uh, in the, uh, not the positional, but in the, uh, the, the rest of the honor, and that is this. Is it something that takes away from your testimony? Does it hinder who you are? Does it send a message that if it was written out and you said it, you go, I would never send that message. I would never want somebody to think of me that way. That is it. And by the way, a lot of times people say, well, that's because men are visually oriented and we don't want women to stumble men. I agree with that. That that is also true. But I will tell you, and this is not in the Bible anywhere, but I've been around for 65 years now, and I have to tell you, and you can shoot me if you want to, but women are the biggest critics of other women when it comes to this area that I've ever heard. And um, I've observed that for a long time, just putting that out there. So it goes in all directions. By the way, why was clothing given? It was given to cover us when we found out that we were naked and ashamed. First fig leaves and then um, the animal skins. And remember Noah? He got drunk after the flood was over and his sons went in and covered his naked. So they walked in backwards. And you can go on and you can say it's protect us from the harsh environment, which means you're going to cover up. It also is used to show rank and uh, gender and status and position as you have looked in the bible you'll see for example john the baptist he was wearing a garment of camel's hair now i don't know what camel's hair garments look like but i don't think i want to wear one i think the itchiest wool garment in the world wouldn't even come close to that but the opposite would be uh the kings in their palaces are wearing luxurious clothing and robes and those kinds of things clothing is also used to fool people, to be deceitful. For example, uh, it will, will tell us, beware of false prophets. They come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. And of course, it's not only talking about the outward, but it's talking about that whole concept that we can do. But there's also the propriety or the appropriateness. There are numerous places in the Bible where it says, a bride adorned for her husband. It says that uh, several places in the Bible, including the book of Revelation, where there it's referring to the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. But you cannot use that analogy if the other was not true about a bride being or, uh, 
adorned for her husband. So, what kind of message are you sending? The second, the third part is that the endeavors. It says there that it's not the outward things that make a mother respectable. It is, and you will look at the bottom of the screen. That um, I'm sorry, that is not the one I want there. Sorry. That's not the one I want. But it says uh, in verse 10, it says, But rather by means of good works, making a claim to godliness as befits women. It is a sad time in my office when a woman tells me I'm going to do this or this or that so that I'll get my husband's attention and I'll, I'll be noticed. I'm like, whoa, you're going the wrong direction. Because the truth of the matter is, we are more known and should be more known by what we do with our life. And that is the most important thing. And, in, and that's what it's saying here, uh, that we need to be in that direction. It's also uh, in verses 11 and 12, it says that women, mothers in particular for today, need to be respectful of God's position that he has given us in this world. The world says men and women are absolutely equal. They are in value. There is nothing in the Bible that says men are more valuable, women are less valuable, or any other combination you can make. We are equally valuable before God. But God has given us very specific roles and very specific positions that we are to fill. And uh, there are people that take these verses and just chop them to pieces. But it says in verse 11, Let a woman quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise over authority over a man, but to remain quiet. The word quiet there is many times, uh, it's, it's sad that it's translated that way because it really means, and this is the bottom line, it is somebody that's peaceable. They're not causing a a disruption. They're not unruly. It doesn't mean you can't sing or you can't pray or you can't be a part of the praise team or, or any of those kinds of things. It's simply saying that you're not causing a disruption. In fact is, I'll get to it eventually in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where it puts men on notice. If you wonder if you're to be the spiritual leader in your home, you're to be the priest in your household, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You know what it says there? It says women are to be peaceable, quiet, not disturbing in church. But if they have a question, what are they supposed to do? Go home and ask their husband. I'll tell you what, guys, that puts you on notice. You should know, and if you don't know, you should study and you should find out what the answer is. And that's okay. Because God says that's your privilege as well as responsibility as the spiritual leader in your home. So it's not saying women can't ask a question or any of those things. Just saying they're not causing a ruckus in the church. But again, it's it's very clear that teaching and exercising authority and notice they're put together uh, over a man is absolutely not right. I just did a funeral, and afterwards a lady came up to me and said, uh, 
that, oh, what you said in there is what I'm just teaching the adult Sunday school class at my church. Well, shouldn't surprise me. I think they have a lady pastor also. But it's like, hold a second. This is not the proper role. That doesn't mean women aren't teachers. They are some of the best teachers at this church. Some of our best teachers are women. But it's not over men, and it's not in the position of authority over man. Just that it. Because that's respectable. Is it a value? A, a, a Value taken away? The answer is no. It is absolutely using what God has given you at the proper place at the proper time. That's it. But fighting, trying to say who's better, it's, it's not biblical. It's just not there. And again, I'm, I'm cutting out a whole lot in this sermon because of time. But they need to be raising children. That's what it says. Mothers need to be respectful of their unique abilities. Guys, if it was up to us and we could have children, which we can't, uh, we'd probably have one and never again. It still astounds me. I'm 65 years old and it still astounds me that after labor, a, a wife is willing to have another child. I, I, it just kind of astounds me uh, that they would do that. My wife got a card from one of her clients and, and I my wife accused me of not having a sense of humor, but I laughed out loud. It said, labor does not end at delivery. <laughs> and it was a picture of a mom with a bunch of kids. And uh, I thought about that. But here's it saying. It says, you know, they'll be preserved through the childbearing. By the way, that's singular. They'll be preserved through childbearing. It doesn't mean it gives them salvation, eternal life, or anything like that. It means it gives them value fulfills a position that they alone uniquely can do. We cannot do that as men. And God made them that way, exactly the way he did, that they could have children, and he made them with the, the ability that I don't have to mother. I, I, I just, it still astounds me that it's not only with children, but they go on and teach other children and, and do other things, and they're always that, instinct, I guess, that God put in there, that, that desire God put in there to, to be a mother, to meet the needs of other people. That's not secondary at all. Let's face it, guys, we're in big trouble if our wives, our mothers did not have that. Amen? Yeah, it's true. I know. Sometimes I, you know, I'm like, I kind of get a little irritated at my wife and then I realize, wow. And I just start thinking, what does she do that I would never do? Lots and lots and lots. And who do the kids still call when they have those nitty-gritty problems? They don't call me. If the, if the house is broken, if the car doesn't work, and if it's horrible, 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 they call dad. Otherwise, is mom there? That's just the way it is. Why? It's a part of who God made women mothers. It's just the way it is. One last point. I'm out of time. But remember I said it's not just, okay, you've done your duty if you've raised children. It's not what the end of this says. It says, and there's an if. If they continue in faith and love and, and sanctity with self-restraint. It is not. And people teach that is, well, you'll be preserved as a mother through bearing children if your children continue on in faith and love and sanctity and self-restraint. That is not what the text says. It's not possible. Childbearing is singular, and when it says they, it's plural. 
It is the mothers who will be continuing on in that direction. You see, you could get the opposite of motherhood is no good, that motherhood's all that matters in this life. That's just not, neither one of those is true. They're, one's in a ditch on one side, one's in a ditch on the other. Here it's simply saying that while you can be a great mother, you still have responsibilities to live out the Christian life. Notice what it says, they continue in faith. That is a complete, total, and ongoing trust in Jesus Christ. All of the things we've talked about, they fly against the grain in our society, in our culture. Only with Christ's help, with faith in Him, can you even carry these things out. And then it goes on to say, and love. That is, well, it's just me and mine. But love means I put the welfare and the good and the well-being of other people above myself. When you look at the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, she took care of the family. She took care of herself, and guess what else she did? She took care of other people who couldn't take care of themselves. Yeah, it's not only just my little section of the house, and you know, in my house I can do this, that's good, that's, that's totally proper, but it's like, no, 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 you have a bigger role than even that, to reach out in love. And sanctity means living in holiness, Setting, being set apart, not allowing the things of this world, whether, you know, it could be all kinds of stuff. You say, well, I'm a mother and I did this. The kids are in school so I can watch TV all day or drink all day or, you know, just fritter my life away, you know, on the Internet or whatever. No, it's like, hold a second. You have a responsibility to live a holy life all the time on an ongoing basis. And then it says with self-restraint, with a sound mind self-control in every possible way. I'll tell you what, when we look at mothers, it's a huge role that I don't even know. After all these years, I don't know how they fulfill it. I'm the oldest of seven kids, and I just, what my mom did, I just look back, and, and it's just above and beyond anything I can even imagine. I just still don't get it. But she did it. And you know what? You could probably tell stories just like I could about your mother. Is there a positional respect and honor? The answer is absolutely. Is there a conditional? That's what this passage was about. Yeah, because if we're going to respect someone, they need to be respectable. And moms, it's a challenge. It's, it's a challenge to us that aren't mothers to be honoring and respectful to mothers. But it's also a challenge to mothers that you have a responsibility before God. What is it? Remember what I started with? But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Wow. That's a lot to chew on in one short sermon. But I encourage you that you might go, Paul, that is impossible. Nobody, Nobody can live that way. You're right. They cannot. It's only through Christ. He died for our sins. He died to give us life, and not only just eternal life for here and some place in the future, but a life that you can live out that's worthwhile here and now. And that's, I believe, what this passage is emphasizing. Let's all stand together as we close in prayer. Father, 
you are a God who knows the beginning and the end. You know better than we do. You chose from the beginning to make male and female. You made us different, with different roles and different responsibilities, different positions. That's not a mistake. And Lord, I pray that as we look around us, as we look at our own lives, that we would realize that we are only happy, we are only blessed, we are only fully doing what you want us to do when we conform to your will for us. I do pray for the mothers of this congregation and the mothers of the world. We thank you for their contribution. We thank you for their unselfish love and giving that they have done for all of us. And I thank you for their example that they have before us as they walk and live out the truths of the word of God. Lord, bless them as only you can bless them. And Lord, help us to show the honor and respect that we are to show. Lord, thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day. Go with God and be a blessing to a mother.